We are in Mark 14, and uh, looking at uh, verses 26 to 31 tonight, which is a a short little passage, but a significant one. Um, We are, uh, at this point, not only in the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry, we are in the last hours of Jesus' earthly ministry. He has already um, celebrated the Passover and instituted the Lord's Supper with his disciples. Um, And in just a short time, uh, Judas will arrive uh, to betray Jesus and he will be arrested and taken off to uh, a series of trials throughout the night before he heads to the cross on the following morning. So this is uh, this is very near the end, right? Um, and Jesus has already warned his disciples uh, over the meal that they shared together. He said that one of those disciples was going to betray him. And of course, they were all bothered by that question. Um, each one saying, surely it's not going to be me, right? I hope it's not going to be me. Um, Nobody apparently suspecting Judas, except Jesus, who knew who it was going to be. Um, And so there's already been that sort of anticipation of one of you is going to sin so grievously it will be better. It would have been better if you had not been born. But all of them are going to, uh, in one way or another, uh, abandon Jesus. And that's what this passage is about. So uh, verse 26 says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. So Jesus makes a a very sobering pronouncement, right, in verse 27. He says to his band of disciples, Uh, who have been faithful, right? Um, That they are all going to fall away. None of them are going to stand up to the trial that is about to come upon him and upon them. So he says, you will all fall away. And he doesn't say that merely out of a a sense of, you know, He's observed them psychologically, and he just doesn't feel like they have what it takes to stand up to this kind of thing. He says this because this is what the Scripture said was going to happen. You're all going to fall away, and I know that because that's what the Bible says. And he quotes here from a book that we don't read very often from the Old Testament called Zechariah. This is a quote from Zechariah 13. Uh, He says, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. The shepherd, of course, is Jesus, right? And the sheep are the disciples. 
the striking has to do with Jesus' death, with his, with his crucifixion, his suffering. Um, and uh, when Jesus is arrested and tried and crucified, where are his disciples? They're scattered, right? There's uh, at least one who ends up uh, at the foot of the cross during the crucifixion. There's at least one sort of outside the courtyard area when Jesus is on trial. But when he gets arrested, they sort of go their separate ways. And even when they are in proximity to Jesus during his suffering, um, they at least Peter is, is trying not to let it be known that he has any association with Jesus. So <clears throat> this really happens, right? We know that, that part of the story. So, what about this quote, though, from Zechariah 13? Um, Zechariah is a fascinating, complicated, challenging uh, book. It is, uh, at least part of it is apocalyptic. It's like the book of Revelation. It's like uh, the second half of the book of Daniel, where there are these mysterious, symbolic visions um, that are difficult to make sense of. It's also full of um, prophecy about the Messiah, and about things that are going to take place around the Messiah's coming. Um, the prophecy about uh, their king coming to them, riding on a donkey and on the foal of a donkey, that comes from Zechariah 9. Um, the statement that Jesus just quoted uh, in uh, Mark 14.27 comes from Zechariah 13.7. But even if we back it up a little bit, the beginning of Zechariah 13 sounds like, even even without having studied the whole book of Zechariah and knowing the whole context, if you just plop yourself down in Zechariah 13, you can tell... At least some of this has to be about Jesus, because here's, here's how the chapter starts. It says, On that day, there will be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. Right? Now, that I'm almost positive is where the hymn comes from that says, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. This is where it comes from. This Because we know that verse has got to be about Jesus. A fountain opened to cleanse from sin and uncleanness. That's got to be talking about Jesus and his his death. That's how we're cleansed from sin. And then it goes on and talks about removing idolatry from the land. It says, And on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land so that they shall be remembered no more. And also I will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanness. And if anyone again prophesies... His father and mother who bore him will say to him, You shall not live, for you speak lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who bore him shall pierce him through when he prophesies. On that day, every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies. He will not put on a hairy cloak in order to deceive, but he will say, I am no prophet. I am a worker of the soil, for a man sold me in my youth. And if one asks him, What are these wounds on your back? He will say, the wounds I received in the house of my friends. Then comes our quote, verse 7, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. 
Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. So there in the first half of verse 7, something we don't get in the quote in Mark that we see here is this close association between the shepherd and between the Lord. Right? Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me. So this, uh, again, really close association between the shepherd and the Lord that um, reminds me of uh, like Psalm 110, right? The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand and I will make your enemies your footstool. So that again seems to point toward this idea of this being the Messiah. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Um, That's the part that Jesus quotes. Then it goes on in verse 8. In the whole land declares the Lord, two thirds shall be cut off and perish and one third shall be left alive. And I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. And, you know, that could very possibly be about the um, division that happens uh, that Jesus talked about, you know, in one family two people are going to follow me and three are going to turn against me and they're going to, you know, father is going to be against his son and a mother against her daughter and, and so forth. Um, and so many of the Jews rejected Jesus as the Messiah, but those who did uh, trust him, you know, those became, those are his people and they were fine and so on. So you can see how all of that chapter could relate in one way or another to uh, what Jesus is saying. But, um, like I said, it, uh, understanding all of, of uh, Zechariah and how it all fits together is, is um, a challenge, to say the least. But um, for Jesus to quote this, right back in Mark 14, for Jesus to quote this and apply it to himself and apply it to the disciples uh, shows obviously that he knows that that prophecy is about the Messiah, that he is the Messiah, uh, and that this is about to take place. He knows that his crucifixion is coming. He said that multiple times. Um, but he, after he gives them that rather sobering statement from Scripture, uh, in verse 28, he gives them something encouraging. <clears throat> he says, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. So I'm going to be struck down. You are all going to be scattered, but that's not, you know, closed curtain. That's not the end of the story. Uh, After that happens, I am going to be raised up. I'm going to be resurrected. He's told them that before, though they don't understand him. Um, That does not click for them. But he says, after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee, which uh, I think some say that means he's going to go meet them there. And some say that means he's going to sort of like lead them there. Right? I will go before you as your leader. I'll be your shepherd once again. Either way, it seems that the point is, even though you fall away, even though I'm put to death, and it's going to look like the whole thing that we have been working towards has come to an end, I'm telling you before it happens, that's not the end. I'm going to meet you. You're going to be gathered back to me. We will be, you know, reunited and we will move forward. Uh, and there is hope on the other side of this devastating night that's about to take place. So he um, really does, uh, um, 
an amazing job uh, in so many ways as you study the Gospels, um, and especially the, these last hours that Jesus spends with his disciples. He does such an amazing job of both um, giving his disciples a heavy dose of reality, of like what is about to take place, but not overwhelming them and not, uh, not uh, discouraging them, but giving them hope on the other side of what is about to take place. Um, and uh, the disciples, once again, though, they just don't get it, right? They don't, um, they don't listen, right? They, they, they don't um, take in what Jesus has just said the way that it's supposed to be taken in. You would think if Jesus says something and says, not only am I telling you this, but the scriptures say this is going to happen, you would say, okay, I guess that's going to happen. But Peter says, no, that verse is not talking about me. Uh, even Even though all the rest of these guys fall away, I'm not going to fall away. Um, now, in one sense, that's an admirable statement because Peter is trying to say, Lord, I, am, I love you so much. I desire so much to be faithful to you. There's just, there, I just cannot imagine a situation in which I would abandon you. I, I, just, I can't believe that I'm, I would do that. Right, so so that, that's good in, a, in that sense. Right? But in another sense, um, um, like somebody said, he, he, he's just trusting in himself. He's, he's got too much confidence in himself and his own ability. He doesn't say, Lord, is it possible for you to keep me from that? Lord, is there, is there another way? Is, is it possible for that not to, to happen? He just, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to be true of me. Um, it's kind of like when you're witnessing to somebody that uh, believes in themselves. If you say, "Well, how are you going to get to heaven tonight?" Yeah, because I've done so many good things. Yeah. I haven't hurt anybody. Right. And it's kind of like Peter saying, "Lord, I got you." Yeah, I can do this. You have that kind of a bit of a frustration, but then you just put it in the Holy Spirit's hands and, and say, "Yeah." Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. You're. Yeah. No. That's right. That's right. And he and. When you're in that position, something has to happen to humble you, right? And that's what's going to happen to Peter. When it, this all unfolds exactly like Jesus said that it would, then Peter is humbled and then has to be restored by Jesus. And now he's ready to walk you know, in the power of the Spirit, following Christ and doing what Jesus wants him to do. Um, but at this point, he's got way too much confidence in himself. Right? And so Jesus pushes back in verse 30 and says to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. So Peter, who is confident that he will not fail even though others fail, he ends up failing more spectacularly than anybody else. Because none of the other three disciples have these or the other uh, 11 disciples have these three denials like Peter has, right, throughout the night. Um, so Jesus says to him, Peter, you're so wrong. That not only are you going to fall away like everybody else, but your fall is going to be embarrassing.
embarrassingly bad. I mean, it's going to be awful. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. He, he recognized it. We don't have a record of the others saying that. So yeah. Maybe that's what gave him that comment. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I was the first one to confess you were the Messiah, and I've been the leader of this band. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's not ever, you know, he's he's not timid or anything like that. So, I mean, you've got to understand where his confidence comes from, for sure. Um, but... Um, Jesus says, no, that's, that's not what's going to happen. You're going to deny me three times. And then, even after Jesus has said it again, right, he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Right, even if they kill me, right, uh, there's n- nobody, there's nothing, anything, any, nothing anybody could do to make me deny you. Even if they take my life, I will take my life. They, will, they can take my life while I'm confessing that you're the Messiah. You know. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. It's a really great, you know, restored. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. But what he did, yeah. he needed a dose of humility, though. He did, yeah. And that's what made him so great. That's right. And I think that's, like, I thought the way you said it was um, he can't imagine the situation. Yeah. He doesn't realize that Jesus is going to tell him to put his sword away. Yeah, true. Like, he thinks this is going to go down as a battle. Yeah. He does, so he thinks that he's going to go down swinging. Right. He doesn't realize that Jesus is going to place restraint on him. Yeah. And say, no, you're not going to kill anybody for my sake. Right. I'm doing this on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not what he pictured at all. Yeah. This is not what he thinks the Messiah is supposed to be. Yes. So he thinks that he is going to go down in a blaze of glory. Right. And it is so much harder to survive and live over this cataclysmic thing that happens to you. Yes. And then figure out what to do with what you thought was true and right and real about God. Right. Suddenly, none of that stuff is what you thought. Right. So he's obeying Jesus, but he's totally... Drift. Yes. So he's lost all like sense of reality. Yes. And he, he even does at least follow Jesus. Right. You know, he's there. Yeah. The, the rest are not. Yeah. Maybe John, probably. Yeah, maybe one. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But yes, and that. Everything else is just gone. Yes, and that's right. You're. That's. I'm glad you pointed that out because that is a big part of it. Is that it is easier to think like, okay, these these guys are you know, coming after Jesus with swords and torches, and I've got my sword, and if they take my life, so be it, but I'm going down with Jesus. And then for Jesus to say, no, put your sword up, and then well, i got to let them arrest me and maybe kill me weaponless, defense. I mean, that's a totally different gig, right? That, and that, like you say, it's not at all what he expected the Messiah to do or be about. He would willingly lay down his life to help usher in the kingdom, but if Jesus is going to die, that is, that's not how the kingdom comes. Peter doesn't think, right? So, yeah, that's yeah, spot on with all that. And to be fair to Peter, we cannot leave out the end of verse 31, which says, and they all said the same. So Peter's a spokesman, and he's the most willing to say it out loud and whatever, but 
once he says it, everybody's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, what Peter said. I'm going down with you too. Right, so it wasn't like Peter was really prideful and all the rest of them were super humble and just waiting for Peter to learn the lesson. They all thought, surely that's not going to happen to me. Surely that's not going to happen to us. Surely we're not going to deny you. So, <clears throat> what do we do with a story like this? Because in, in one sense, this is very much a story about what happened to these people one time. Right? But when we read a story like that, we cannot help um, but ask the question, like, what about me? If Jesus' disciples were so convinced that they would be faithful to him and loyal to him and would stick by him, even if it meant their death, um, and they couldn't, and they didn't, then um, how do I know that I'm going to stay faithful to him, stay loyal to him? Um, And uh, the answer is that we're preserved the same way they are preserved, right? Because even though this, this falling away was not a permanent falling away, right? Their betrayal of Jesus was different than Judas's betrayal of Jesus. That though they fell away from him for a time, they were brought back to him, right? And the reason why anybody stays faithful to Jesus is because Jesus keeps them. Right? He keeps you and he keeps me. Uh, John 10, you know, uh, love that image where Jesus says that um, his sheep are in the Father's hand. Right? He holds his sheep in his hand and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand or out of Jesus' hand. And then he says, I and the Father are one. So it's all you know, the same. It's all connected. He's keeping us. He's preserving us. Um, and uh, in the book of, I think it's in the book of Jude, Um, it says that we are kept by Jesus. We are preserved by him. Um, And so what we have to remember and what Peter had to learn is um, that left to ourselves, right? We, I mean, we, we can't follow Jesus through thick and thin left to ourselves. uh, It's like the, the, that him come thou found, right? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. That's true of all of us. Um, that if uh, Jesus left us to ourselves, we would, we would wander away. Uh, but he has come to bring us back to our shepherd, right? He's, he's come to preserve us and to keep us and to, to hold us. So um, we, uh, they were dependent upon him, right, to bring them back. And we are dependent upon him to keep us and to bring us back when we stray. Because we stray at times too. There are times when we walk away. We're time, there are times when we act like we don't know him. Um, there are times when we don't live up to our own professions of who we are and what we believe and what we're going to do. Um, Honestly, but, what, what if you were in another country that, that uh, Christianity was illegal? Yeah. And you were there witnessing. Yeah. Or holding church or whatever. Right. And some authorities came and, and questioned you, are you a follower of Jesus? Yeah. I'm not saying what I would say. Sure. But I like to think that I'd have to say yes. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's until you're in that position, it's hard to, I mean, you know what you want to say, you know what you think you would say, yeah. but, I mean, 
that's a tough position to be in. And that's, that's more or less the position they were in. You know, Jesus is being arrested by night with a small army of people with swords and clubs and torches. And, you know, this told is... Told not to fight. Yeah, told not to fight. And this is clearly going down bad. And if we stay close to him, we're all going to end up dead too. Um, yeah. And there, I mean, you know, and we have brothers and sisters, obviously, in that, those situations right now. Yeah, all the time. Um, so I'm not saying that because they have to be careful or that they have to code their messages. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. I'm putting myself there. So yeah. Yeah. As close as I can think of. Right. No, it's precious that all of these men did eventually die. Yeah, right. Um, so they weren't ready yet. Yes. But he wasn't finished with them. Yes. Just like he's not finished with me. Right. That's right. Well, I find in these scriptures, there's no, sort of like what we preach about, there's no condemnation in these scriptures for these men. Yes. He knows yeah. what they're going to do, and he is not sorry bunch of sheep you know you can't even <laughs> follow your shepherd what's wrong with you no he that's right that's a good way to say that yeah other thoughts or comments